We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldview. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is At The Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. Appreciate you joining us today and uh, uh, every day, hopefully, uh, Monday through Friday. Can't get enough just one day a week or a couple of days a week. you got to be listening every afternoon. Right now is a great time to get plugged in and get educated, equipped, and inspired because there's so much happening out there that you can do something about. In other words, I'm not saying there's a lot happening out there and, oh, you just got to complain or hope it gets better. No, no, no. There is so much happening out there that you can actually help turn around. But in order to do that, you got to learn truth. you got to be willing to defend that truth and spread that truth. And that's what we're all about here on At The Core. We're talking about those core issues of the culture and the core issues that impact your life, your backyard, your family, your church, and uh, and, and equipping and inspiring you to do something about it. So first got to learn new things, and then you go, okay, now how do I actually take this out there and make a difference in my neighborhood and in my community? That's what we're going to be talking about here at The Core every chance we get. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. I'll be with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays almost every week and Walker Wildman on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, so let's get into it. Some headlines out there to talk about and some things that have been happening uh, locally. I like to call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, there's going to be a lot of um, ugly tonight. And what I mean by ugly tonight for the State of the Union address is just simply that it's going to be filled with um, half-truths, uh, complete um, falsehoods, you know, just a, a, a shell game. Of, of trying to distract you from what's actually happening out there. You know, Thursday we mentioned the fact that Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be giving the response to the State of the Union. Uh, very important uh, that, that there is a counter-narrative, right? The narrative from the government right now is so false, and the narrative from this, this White House and this administration is so um, full of Marxism that you've got to have a counter-narrative. And in order to have a counter-narrative that's effective, you have to have somebody that can communicate that. So on Thursday we were pointing out that uh, I think Sarah is going to be a, a fantastic governor. I'm sorry, governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, is going to be a fantastic counter to that. So excited to see that. I'm also excited. I didn't know this Thursday when we were on the air that my uh, my good friend and former governor of Patriot Academy, by the way, Juan Siscomani, a freshman congressman from Arizona, he's actually going to give a response to the State of the Union in Spanish. His story is actually absolutely incredible, by the way. If you don't know his story, I, you know it's just uh, wild that in one generation uh, he would his his parents would come here uh, and be because they're seeking freedom and seeking liberty and all the things that we love. And in one generation, he would now be a member of Congress. Now, of course, I like to give a lot of the credit to Patriot Academy, of course, because he's a graduate of Patriot Academy. He was on the board of Patriot Academy, uh, but he actually gives a lot of credit to Patriot Academy. No, I think the Lord is using Juan in some in really powerful ways. So I'm excited for him tonight to be able to give that uh, response to the State of the Union uh, in Spanish and uh, and broadcast that to um, folks that, that are hungry for truth and aren't getting it from the major media, of course. And so we'll be watching for um, both of those. I can tell you right now, I am not going to waste my time watching the State of the Union itself. I know I should. It's kind of my job. I'm supposed to do that and then give you commentary on that. But the truth is, I'm going to be on an airplane. So I'm not going to be able to watch it uh, tonight. I'll probably watch it in like three times speed so that uh, I can actually make Joe Biden coherent. That's that's the idea. If I put it in three times speed 
then it will actually be somewhat coherent, and and I'll miss a lot of the uh, the craziness. Um, maybe, maybe we'll see how that goes. But apparently, he's going to be bragging about the fact that he brought us back, that he brought the economy back from the pandemic. So, in other words, he's going to brag about the fact that somehow, some way, we dug out of the hole that he created, uh, and that his ilk. In governor's mansions across the country, created. So the crisis was created by government, not by a virus. They created the economic disaster that we've been through over the last three years. And somehow, some way, I don't know, I haven't read his speech. I know they give out a you know printed copy of it ahead of time to media, but I haven't read it. Somehow, some way, he's going to claim uh, that he turned that around. Um, I, you know, it, I think what people need to realize is that the disaster is not over with regard to the economic fallout. The inflation that we're experiencing right now is directly caused by government's intervention with the coronavirus. It's the government overreaction to a virus that turned out not to be any worse than a really bad bad flu year, as, as Donald Trump said from the beginning it would. Uh, would be um, the, the 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 inflation because they spent you know nearly ten trillion dollars dumped that on the market because they paid people to stay home because they created the supply chain issues because they uh, fired people that were unwilling to get an experimental vaccine an experimental um, intervention that we now know was not only not safe also not effective. In other words, the lie from the government for all this time was it's safe and effective. Everybody go get it. Everybody take it. Turns out it was neither of those things, which we said from the beginning was the case. But because we punished people for using their brain and not getting it, that added to the supply chain issues. We fired good nurses. We fired good doctors. We fired people in the military. We fired people across the spectrum. So all of those things combined created economic disaster that, I, I wish I could be more optimistic, folks. I don't know how long it's going to take us to dig out of it. There's a false sense right now because of government propping things up and continuing to spend way too much money that somehow because you know it's not just complete mayhem uh, all around us everywhere that everything's okay. That that is not the case. Look at what's happening with inflation right now. We are in, we're in a late 1970s situation where uh, it is only going to get worse as a result of the government intervention, as a result of the overspending of money. I don't think the Fed's you know policies of, of, of raising the interest rates to try to cool this thing down, all that, I don't think it's going to work. And, and, and this is unprecedented, the combination of bad government policies, and I think the result is going to be unprecedented as well. And that's not to depress you. It's not to make, you know, it's just to say, just be wise. You know, the Proverbs tells us a, a wise person foresees danger and takes precaution. So, you know, I think anybody with common sense and any amount of economic education. So if you just had one class in high school, one class in college, maybe on economics, then, then you, you understand enough about supply and demand and understand enough about uh, uh, about, you know, government intervention in the market that you got to know this is going to take a while to get out of. This is going to take a while. We, we've also got the other thing. And I feel like I'm just doing a depressing show here. But the other thing that we've got to be aware of is is we've trained people to not want to work and not have good work ethic and not want to get in there and put their you know uh, shoulder to the grindstone, the elbow grease in, all those things that we used to pride ourselves on in terms of a country and a culture. Work ethic was a big part of what made America so great. 
Uh, we've got a real problem there as well. We've, we've got a whole generation to retrain here and to get them to respect the fact that hard work is what it takes to enjoy the good stuff. Um, so all of those headwinds are against us. So regardless of what the president says tonight in his State of the Union and, and, and whatever pretty bow he tries to put on this thing, whatever lipstick he puts on this pig, it is still a pig. It is still a real problem, and it's going to take it's going to take some some significant changes from a new president in two years uh, to turn that around, and and frankly, a, a Congress that's willing to work with a new president and bring back solid American values and American policies. I thought it was very interesting. Um, we, we unfortunately we <laughs> didn't really get to finish this out last Thursday, uh, but the caller that had asked about you know what I thought about that ticket that would give us twelve years to, to turn it around. And by the way, I apologize to everybody for, for for losing you at the end of the program last week. I was part of the ice storm in Texas, and and uh, man, we we were without power not just at the end of the program. It was uh, three or four days there of, of no power, and so we had a, a pretty wild ride here in uh, in Dripping Springs, Texas, and uh, still dealing with the aftermath of that. But that was that was what happened during the program right right at the end there, and I apologize for that. But but the caller, the last caller that day, was asking about the you know presidential ticket and 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 what I thought about a Ron DeSantis and uh, a Donald Trump ticket. Donald Trump is president, Ron DeSantis is vice president. And just to reiterate what I was trying to say when. When uh, when I lost power, um, I, I actually think that it's going to take at least that number of years to turn this thing around. It's going to take a 12 year period. It's going to take a, a four year, four more years of the bull in the china closet. Someone that is willing to go in and wreak havoc on the swamp and actually drain the swamp to actually go after those agencies that have been, um, you know, creating this two tier justice system, creating the economic problems, all of those things. Someone like a Donald Trump to do that, and then someone like a Ron DeSantis for eight years to rebuild, to rebuild the American system, to restore the constitutional jurisdictions of the federal government, to redesign, literally, um, the, the federal apparatus that we have right now, to rebuild the military back to being what it should be. And, and so, as someone that, that was uh, not only a, a JAG officer in the Navy, but a JAG officer to Navy SEALs, uh, this is a guy that I think would be r- very good at that. So, so I, I love. I think it was Bob. I can't, I can't remember who it was that called in with that suggestion on Thursday. I love that idea. I think that would be very effective. Now, as I said before, we got cut off. Uh, I don't know that that's the best ticket in terms of marketing and in terms of of you know actual campaigning, uh, but. We could be headed there. Now, it's going to depend on how much they beat each other up in the primary. I think that's where we're headed, definitely, as a contested primary. And if Donald Trump can't control himself, he's going to create so much ill ill will, he may not even get the nomination. And and frankly, the, the, the things that he has said recently and the way that he's doing this, I think he, he could he could ruin his own opportunity to, to return to the White House. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the people around him get his attention and 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 or that they wake up if they're encouraging this kind of childish response these kind of childish responses um they need to realize that Ron DeSantis has been the example he has set the example better than any governor in the country in my lifetime he is uh he he's done a phenomenal job and so when he t- every time he takes a cheap shot at Ron DeSantis for those of us that 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 are you know respectful of what's happened in Florida. Every time he takes a cheap shot like that, 
he's taken a cheap shot at the at the process and the principles that DeSantis put in place. He's not. It's not. It, it, he thinks he's just being personal and he's doing his whole thing that he did in 2016. The problem is that that many of us saw Ron DeSantis stand up over the last two years when no one else would. And so the things that he did, his willingness to take on the media, his willingness to take on the agencies, his willingness to take on the woke corporations, all of that, we have we have essentially associated that willingness and that courage to Ron DeSantis. So when Donald Trump takes a cheap shot at Ron DeSantis, for us, he's taken a cheap shot at the courage and the standing and the and the and the and the you know almost unprecedented in our lifetime anyway um, willingness to to go uh, after I mean the college boards the, the 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 universities Disney I mean you go down the list we've been wanting someone to do that for so long and Ron DeSantis did it so I I just man a warning to to my fellow supporters of 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 freedom and liberty and the Constitution and, and restoring these things. This this intra party fight, this intramural, you know, <laughs> uh, knockdown drag out that we're about to have between Trump and DeSantis. Try to rise above it, folks. Try to see it for what it is, and 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 don't lose sight of the fact that the real enemy it, it's the cultural Marxists. The real enemy are are the people in the education establishment that have poisoned the minds of our kids uh, for the last two generations. And both Trump and DeSantis are willing to take that on. Both Trump and DeSantis are willing to take on the transgenderism. They're willing to say no to this stuff and to call it what it is. And uh, and so uh, let's not lose sight of that. I'm just, I'm just watching some really hardcore Trump people and some really hardcore DeSantis people go at each other's throats right now. I I, I know I, I don't know that there's any way to stop this, but I just I, I want us as an audience, us as, as those of us here at the core to keep our eye on the ball and and to not get pulled into that that mudslinging that that's going to happen and uh, and maybe Bob from last Thursday uh, will turn out to be right and maybe the ticket will actually end up being these two guys um, you know there's some other good choices out there as I said before, last week Kerry Lake you know Christy Nome um, you know that might be a better ticket for Trump to name one of them and for DeSantis to continue to do an incredible job as governor for another four years and then run for president and take over. I, I mean, if I were kingmaker, that might be what I would what I would choose is is a a Trump gnome or a Trump Kerry Lake, and then uh, give Ron DeSantis eight years to rebuild from from what they would do. I don't know, folks. I don't know. I'm just pontificating. I'm just throwing it out there. Something to talk about and uh, something to consider. We're going to take a quick break. You are listening to At the Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. When we come back, we'll give out the phone number and we'll start talking about what you want to talk about. All right, stay with us. You're listening to At the Core. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Enterprise Institute conducted an empirical study to understand the decline of religious faith in America. They concluded the data seemed to show the main driver of secularization in the United States is government spending on education and control over the curricular content taught in schools. Why? Because children learn more at school than reading, writing, and arithmetic. They imbibe a whole set of implied assumptions about what's important in life. 
faith in God becomes a sort of optional weekend hobby akin to playing tennis or video games. And our tax dollars pay for it. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. If you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Medical experts and moms have been saying this for years. The physical body thrives when it is sufficiently hydrated and will literally die without water. Water is life. But what about spiritual dehydration? Is your girl healthy or parched? All through the Bible, water is connected as life-giving, and that life comes from God. Whether it be us led beside still waters in Psalm 23, to a soul who hungers and thirsts for righteousness in Matthew 5, the Lord is constantly portrayed as our living water. If you've noticed your girl's prayer life is sporadic or non-existent, or her avoiding time in Scripture, gently carve out some intentional time to pour into her heart. Her parched soul depends on it. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied After making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call Right now, and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. At the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Now, back to At the Core on American Family Radio. Back here on At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thanks for staying with us. The phone number to call in is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Okay, if you thought the COVID craziness could not get any crazier, we got a West Virginia hospital that has actually suggested, they've actually suggested to help, this is quoting from their memo, to help identify those who are required to wear a mask because they wouldn't get the COVID shot. We are requiring a gold star sticker to be placed on the employee's ID badge. A gold star sticker. Yeah. Okay. If, if you don't know the history, folks, uh, this should offend, frankly, everybody. But certainly if you're Jewish, it should offend you. And this is where we've ended up with the COVID overreaction. We're back to the gold stars to identify the unclean to identify those who don't actually have anything wrong with them, but who have been deemed by the authorities and those in power as being unworthy and unclean. That's that's how far... This is in America. This is in West Virginia. It's at a hospital in West Virginia. Absolutely insane. Strongly encourage you to read. In fact, I'll put a link in the show notes today. This is Daniel Horowitz, my buddy over there at Conservative Review. 
just un, un, uh, unhinged, these people. They have, they have no mooring to logic, to reason. Uh, and it, this is, we're not talking about in summer of 2020 here. <laughs> we're talking about February of 2023. And they're still doing this. Anyway, check out the article by Horowitz at Conservative Review. It's uh, it's called local. It, it says uh, the headline is local West Virginia hospital suggests unjabbed workers don yellow stars on badges to identify a need for a mask. Uh, just crazy. We'll try to get Daniel to come on with us uh, next week and and uh, maybe uh, maybe talk about his new book, too. By the way, he's got a great new book uh, coming out next week called The Fourth Right. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 he and Steve Dace together. Actually, they've teamed up and I highly, highly recommend getting this. I can't wait to read it. Rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting covid fascism with a new Nuremberg trial, Nuremberg trial so that this never happens again. That's Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz, both over at the Blaze. And uh, of course, Daniel, you know, great friend, comes and trains with us quite a bit at, um, um, you know, in, in all of our constitutional defense courses and looking forward to having him back down when we open the campus and start doing those in Fredericksburg, Texas. But uh, but just crazy, just crazy. Okay, let's um, let's make sure we got the phone number out there for everybody. 888-589-8840 is the phone number. 888-589-8840. And uh, I think, uh, I don't know if we're back up or not, buddy. I can't tell. Uh, we're trying to get the camera working. We had, first, it was ice storm and no power whatsoever. We have power. We just have a camera problem that we're still working on. 888-589-8840 uh, is the phone number. All right, and uh, be sure you um, you don't waste your popcorn or your time tonight watching the State of the Union. I will give an update um, either Thursday or next week because, trust me, he's not going to say anything important other than uh, lie about whatever it is uh, that he's uh, his twist is going to be on on the economy. So um, not one to waste your time with. In fact, what I would recommend you do tonight instead is break out some biblical citizenship, work work on getting the truth, and then you'll recognize the lies. Like my mama used to say, you know, as a as a teller, uh, they didn't teach her what uh, counterfeit bills felt like. They taught her what the actual genuine article felt like, and then. If she had a counterfeit come through her fingertips, instantly she would know it was a counterfeit because it didn't feel like the real deal. So what we have to do is, as truth seekers, as biblical worldview folks, as lovers of the Constitution, we have to spend time in the genuine article. That's in God's Word. Spend time in, in the Constitution. Spend time in our history so that we know the truth and we'll recognize the lie. So if you know the truth, you'll recognize the lies uh, in a politician's speeches, in in the programming that you watch. So if you're watching a TV show and they're trying to slip in some some uh, poisonous Marxism into that show, uh, if you have been steeped in the truth of history and the Constitution and the Bible, then you'll recognize that and you'll say, ah, nope, not going to get me on that one. You're not going to change my worldview using drama and using emotion as they do so well. But you got to know the truth in order to prevent that from happening. So biblical citizenship in modern America is a course that we put out about two and a half years ago, or two years ago, that uh, is, is, it essentially takes our Constitution training that we did in Constitution Alive and combines it with the commentary of a lot of pastors and members of Congress and all kinds of experts and other people, um, you know, just talking about uh, you know, the, the culture from a biblical perspective, combines all that in a really fun, entertaining course. So if I were going to do anything tonight, instead of putting on the State of the Union, how about watching biblical citizenship in modern America? And then start hosting that in your living room at your church and giving people a chance to learn those things as well. All right, 888-589-8840. By the way, if you want biblical citizenship, just go to patriotacademy.com. 
uh, or biblicalcitizens.com and get signed up and get your course going. All right, let's head out to the phones. Chuck is calling in from North Carolina. Chuck, go for it, brother. What's your comment or question today? Uh, Wait, I forgot. I have to actually hit the button here, and then Chuck will be able to hear you. Okay, Chuck, go for it. All right, awesome. I appreciate you letting me on. You bet. Uh, when it comes to Trump, yes, sir. When it comes to Trump and DeSantis, what I'm getting ready to say may be a little bit out there in left field, a little bit of wild thinking, but just just a thought. Could Trump be using a double negative in if he knows DeSantis got the best chance, and there's never Trumpers out there sitting on the fence, you know, whether they're going to vote for DeSantis or not, and then all of a sudden they have a common enemy in Trump. He knows they'll vote for DeSantis. He got the best chance, and he's kind of sacrificing his own, you know, chance. Hmm. Interesting theory, Chuck. It would require, well, I'm trying to process it. I was going to say it would require Donald Trump to be willing to sacrifice himself. I just can't imagine that. But yet, but yet, the guy is a patriot. I mean, he really is. And, and, And for all of his narcissism, for all of his you know, quirks and all that kind of stuff. The man loves the country and he, and he understands what time it is. He, he knows what's happening right now. He understands, uh, the enemies that we have both within and without. Um, so would he be, will, this is interesting. This is interesting. Chuck, would he be willing to basically set himself up as the straw man and, and create support for Ron DeSantis with the things that he's saying and the things that he's doing? Uh, man, uh, that 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 would be I tell you what brother that would be one chess move ahead of what I would have ever dreamed he would be willing to do uh but I I will say, <laughs> I'll say this Chuck I when when he would tweet like in the first 6 months of his presidency I would be like oh would this guy just stop I would get so frustrated I think why did he say that why did he tweet that why did he? and and I don't know how many times it happened dozens and dozens of times but then like a week later I would be going Wow, that tweet set up exactly what needed to happen in order to accomplish whatever this was. And and I would realize this guy is literally playing chess and I'm playing checkers. He is way ahead of the game. He would throw out these little bombs, these little these little truth bombs or these little uh you know just 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 incendiary comments and it would set up because somehow he either knew what was about to happen or I don't know, maybe God just literally gave him the words to say. I don't know. But he would set this stuff up, and then a week later or two weeks later, what I thought was uh, he had said something really stupid and he shouldn't have done it, and then boom, it turns out, oh, my goodness, he was so right, and he set up what was. So he did that enough for me in the first six months of his presidency that by mid-2017, I was no longer saying, at least that I remember, no longer saying, would he please just stop tweeting? Would someone take away his? No, I started saying, hmm, every time he would tweet something and I would think it was crazy, I would have to stop myself and go, I wonder what he's doing here. I wonder what he's setting up. So I say all that, Chuck, to say you might be onto something. It might not be way out there in left field. Uh, there is, there's a lot of factors here. Let's not forget that the guy's 70, what is he, 78 now? Uh, 76, or uh, he would, he'll be 78 in 2024. I can't remember his age. Anyway, he's in his late 70s. Um, and, and, you know, he... He's very healthy. I mean, he's way beyond Biden, right? I mean, Biden's out talking about left field. I don't know what they're going to drug Biden up with tonight to get him through the State of the Union, but the guy is incompetent. There's no question about it. He is way beyond the 25th Amendment and not being capable of fulfilling uh, the duties of the presidency. Um, and, and I don't think that would be Donald Trump. I think, I think Trump would probably, probably be healthy, 
through an, another four years, but that's that's literally six years from now that his presidency would end. So let's say Trump wins the nomination. Let's say he wins the presidency. Then we're talking another four years from that. So six years from right now, there's no guarantees, right, at this age. There's no guarantees. So who he picks as his VP running mate, um, should he be the nominee, is critical. It's huge. Uh, now, it's likely that, that that Trump, I mean, he's a machine, that, that he would actually be able to finish that out. And six years from now is not going to be a problem for him. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Man, Chuck, you got my brain just swirling on this one. All of those factors, the age, the the just, do I want to do this again? Do I want to be the one standing between all of these people that hate America and hate the American people? I think Donald Trump was right when he said they hate me because I'm standing between you, you and them. Um, all of those factors, all of those factors, he could be thinking exactly what Chuck is saying here. And he may very well be thinking, I will take the bullets and I'll be the sacrificial lamb. Not likely. But it could be. It absolutely could be. Very, very interesting thought. Okay, let's go to Elijah in Kentucky. Elijah, I am headed your way, man. I'm going to be in Kentucky on, uh, what is it, Thursday, having a big rally at the Kentucky Capitol. Um, so, yeah, show up, man. Nine o'clock. Uh, well, the rally's at 10. I will be 10. there. Will oh, you be will there. be there. I will be All there. Right. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you. We're going to have a great rally for Convention of States. Go ahead, man. Go, go ahead with your uh, comment or question. I just want to remind you what President Trump did to Ted Cruz during the debate. He called him a liar. His father was a part of the group assassinated John F. Kennedy. You remember what he did to Rubio. So Trump going to win no matter what. No matter what. Well, okay. I can't go along with no matter what. However, you you do raise a good point, and, and, and it was actually – I'll be honest with you, man. That was that was when I really got turned off to Trump. Was when he was calling Ted Cruz lying Ted, and you know Rafael Cruz, who's a great patriot and an incredible man, a wonderful pastor. You know, ta- tried to insinuate that he was did stuff that he you know, anyway. So that was the stuff where I really was just like, oh, this guy. I tell you, I was like, I don't want him to get the nomination. In fact, he didn't win me back over until October. Of twenty uh, of twenty sixteen. Now I was campaign. I was supporting him because you know it's a binary choice. It's either he or Hillary Clinton. So you always are going to choose the lesser two evils. So I was willing to do that and willing to support him for the judicial nominees and all that good stuff. But in October of two thousand sixteen, in the in the debate with Hillary, the third debate I believe it was, I remember I was sitting at, at Pensacola Christian College. I had just spoken to the kids that morning. I was sitting there that evening watching the debate, and and he had a visceral response to partial birth abortion it was a question but i don't remember who the commentator was hillary was like you know trying to explain all way all this stuff and you know just being her typical pro-death pro-abortion person and trump just was like i can't believe anybody would defend this this should not happen in america this is a baby that would be alive outside the womb we can't let this happen in america this and he just had this great response and i thought you know what maybe his instincts are a lot better than i thought maybe 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 this maybe this guy can do some good, and lo and behold, God used Cyrus like I never thought was was going to happen in my lifetime. Uh, he was the Cyrus of our generation, no doubt about it, and a lot of good came out of his out of his presidency. So um, the things that Elijah's talking about, though, the way that he uh, just was was uh, I, I, rude, crude, and socially unacceptable. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it towards these very Republicans that he would need on board, I thought he would not get over that. I, I thought he was just 
scorched earth, destroying the base, and that it was going to be very difficult to win in November, if not impossible. I was wrong. I was wrong. The, uh, and, and all of those people that Elijah's talking about, the way he treated Rubio, the way he treated Cruz, all those people, I mean, it was hard for them, believe me. I, and, and, and I don't know Rubio, but I know Cruz. It was hard for them. And eventually they did come around and come on board based on the results. And, and because of those results, they were willing uh, to get on board and support uh, Trump's agenda and support him and uh, in in his in his presidency, so really interesting, really interesting point. All right, we got about a minute left before uh, we go to break. We'll see if we can get another call in here real quick. Jeanette is calling from Louisiana. Jeanette, go ahead. I'm sorry, I only got about ninety seconds here, but go for it. I'm pushing it. Okay, that is my <laughs> president, President Trump. <laughs> Listen, he deserves a second chance. DeSantis and the, and the people coming behind need to learn. My president deserved a second chance to, to, to be the president. He's strong, he's wise as a serpent, and harmless as a dove. Okay, well, you don't have I, to like him, but we love him. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I have to admit, I, I'm, I'm with you, Jeanette. I, that he is, uh, I think he deserves a second term as well. I mean, I, I th- I've, I've actually ranked him as, let's see, what did I get him up to? Uh, he was either third or, no, he's fourth. He's fourth on my list. Uh, I mean, he's in the top five. Of, of all presidents in American history and, and moved ahead of Ronald Reagan, who I've got a kid named after, by the way. So, I mean, that tells you something. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he did such a great job as president. He deserves a second chance. Um, now, wh- whether or not that is the temperature of the Republican primary and where people are, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think he does deserve a second chance, Jeanette. I, I, I think, um, you know, look, when you when you take the stances that he did, and, and, and the first one that, that really caught my attention in the early part of his presidency was when he took on the transgender issue in the military. I don't know if you remember this or not, folks, but, but the left was moving at warp speed to destroy the military with this whole homosexual agenda, and next in line was the transgender agenda. And, and it would have been a, a, a ridiculously – I mean, it, the, 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 what that does to our readiness – I mean, I don't even want to go into all the details of what that – just think about what that does downrange – with with your with your folks that are that are in the field anyway it was a mess and donald trump said absolutely not that's that's ridiculous we're not going to allow that to happen in our military and that meant he was taking on the entire lgb key to you know 49 other letters he was willing to take that on early in his presidency that said a lot and then you just go down the list the judges the life issue the i mean all the th- all the fights that he won for us that he that he led the way on and uh, Jeanette said it well. We don't have to like him to love him. <laughs> so, you know, I agree. He deserves a second chance. Um, I, I am uh, I'm not convinced 100% that he'll be the nominee, but I'm probably at about 90% that he's going to be the nominee if he can stop attacking DeSantis in a childish way and start taking credit for everything good DeSantis has done. That's the Trump way that actually works well. Let's take a break. Phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You are listening to At The Core. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. 
Lord. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. In this new world, on this new day, we rejoice that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Preborn has been preparing for this moment for the past 16 years by positioning their clinics in the top six abortion states where 50% of abortions occur. Sadly, five of these six states will continue to abort babies at an even greater level. And since the abortion pill accounts for over 50% of abortions, babies are even more at risk. Preborn pregnancy clinics are completely dependent on you as they offer life-saving ultrasounds and the life-saving gospel to moms and babies in crisis. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. To learn how you can be a part of rescuing babies' lives and sharing the heart of Jesus, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Steve Russo with Real Answers. Al Pacino played a cop in the movie Cruisin'. Pacino's character playing pool is asked to go undercover to solve a murder. The location recording of the dialogue was unusable. Pacino had one word of dialogue to re-record, the word no. He redid that no 20 or more times, each reading in perfect sync with the original. But Pacino kept insisting that something was missing. That's when an editor suggested that the actor hold a microphone stand and swing it as he would a pool cue. That's it, Pacino said. The next take was perfect. Some actors have a built-in truth meter. They are incapable of lying to the camera. Truth brings freedom. Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. You can't redo your lines in day-to-day life. But if you rely on God's truth meter, you can live with confidence and freedom. To learn more about Real Answers, check out Steve's website, www.realanswers.com. This is At the Core on American Family Radio with your host, Walker Wildman. Well, it's not Walker Wildman today because it's Tuesday. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. I'm with you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Walker's with you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but thankful that you're here with us at the core. Phone number is 888-589-8840, and we're going to go back to the phones. But first, I have to say I was wrong. I know. I know you've heard me say it before. I've been wrong too much lately. I was wrong last week when I was talking about the FDIC. It's not a $100,000 insurance limit. It's two fifty. So thank you to whoever that caller was that just called in and, and made that correction for me. I needed that. I I guess I'm still living back in my college days, um, you know, when I got a, you know, was, I, I was a finance major. And so I just, I don't know, it was drilled into my head, $100,000 uh, FDIC. I don't know when they went up to two fifty, but that's absolutely correct. The caller was absolutely correct, uh, $250,000. So I, I know it has nothing to do with today's program, but I, I got to set the record straight. If I say something that's wrong on the air... I like to do my, uh, you know, my clearing of the air and making sure that I that I set the record straight. Okay, 888-589-8840. We've been talking about DeSantis and Trump uh, and just kind of the differences and, and the possibility of them working together. Is, is, is Trump's game plan going to work again the way that he's doing this? So let's head back to the phones. Uh, let's see. Chris in Tennessee. Chris in Tennessee is calling about this very thing. Let's see if I can hit the right button here. There we go. All right, Chris, thanks for calling in, man. What's your comment or question? 
Thank you, Mr. Green, for taking my call. You bet. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, I absolutely love Donald Trump, uh, and he definitely was the best friend that Israel ever had. Yes, that uh, too. I forgot to, to mention him. that. Good point. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm very thankful that he uh, kept his promise to uh, get the uh, embassy built in Jerusalem. That is the rightful capital of Israel, and that was a great thing. Uh, I what a great domestic president. Yeah. What a great uh, foreign policy president. A great guy. But every time that I see Ron DeSantis, I look at him. I look at his demeanor, the way he handles himself with the press. He doesn't get excited. He says what he's going to say, and he means what he says. Uh, he, you know, hopefully he's knocking the feet out from under Disney, which they rightfully deserve that. Um, he stood up against the federal government on the COVID mandates and the ridiculousness of shutting down schools. He kept Florida open. He stood his ground. I mean, everything that the man does is so positive, and it's just the way that he handles himself, um, which is why I really like him. If it came down between the two, I would have to go with DeSantis because – when he says he's going to do something, he does it, and it's over with. And the reason why I say that now, if it comes down, if, if DeSantis does not run and it's Trump, I'll definitely vote for Trump again. Yeah. But what did what really gets me about Trump is that, you know, the back and forth games. Uh, if it were my house, if it were Mar-a-Lago and Eric Trump did not turn off the security cameras, I would have sent that tape to Fox News that night to OANN, I'd have sent it to Newsmax. I'd have said, look at what these guys did. They went into my, they raided my wife's closet for heaven's sake. Hmm. And, you know, so there, there was a back and forth. Are you going to release the tapes from the security? Well, if they, if they do this, we'll do this. I don't like the back and forth uh, head games that, that Donald Trump plays with people. And I'll tell you what really did it for me was when we were looking for a speaker of the house, and I thought it would be great. Hey, let Donald Trump be the Speaker of the House and then get the, the fisc fiscal responsibility in there, and then he can run for president again. Uh, but no, what did he do? I've got a great big announcement. And he comes out with digital playing cards. I, that was it for me. I said, that's <laughs> I remember it. That. I'm, I'm yeah. going for yeah. dissent. Yeah. I, I was I, – oh, so – Yeah, I, I, I tell DeSantis, you – I... No, I, I get your way of thinking too, Chris, and I and I I think you're thinking logically. I I appreciate the way you laid it out. Everything you said about DeSantis, 100% agree. I mean, I've been just blown away by the guy over the last couple of years, and I've said it you know many times on the program that yes, he got it wrong too with COVID, but he was the first one to stand up and say I got it wrong, and and I won't do it again, and we're gonna fix this, and then just I mean has hit a home run nearly every day since then on on every issue. Like I I can't think of an issue where he is really missing it. I mean, he is just nailing it and, he, and it's because he's governing from a point of principles and not just politics he's not just playing the game he's doing what's right and he's doing it bold i mean i i've been blown away so i i totally get it and that's why i have tremendous respect for and and, and have no problem with people saying you know what i i like what trump did but but we've got desantis over here and we get all the positives and none of the negative and and so i'm gonna go with desantis i totally understand that um you know i i think as i as i mentioned i think last week maybe the week before 
The thing about Trump also is that he has this massive, very dedicated following, and that's a really hard to, to duplicate. Uh, I don't think anybody can duplicate it, maybe in our lifetime. But um, so, so that's the downside to not having Trump on the ticket. Um, there, there are positives to having him, negatives to having him. There's positives to having uh, DeSantis, negatives to having him. And, and for any of us, we have to do the cost-benefit analysis. And I think your your logic and your analysis is, is I, I see no flaws in it. So that's why I think it should be a healthy competition in the primary. I would love to see people just like you go through that thought process and support DeSantis with everything you got, and other people go through that thought process and support Trump with everything they got uh, and say he deserves a second chance and all those things. Um, and let's have a good, friendly fight in the, in the primary. I wish it would be that way. Um, and it's up to the candidates, right? I mean, so far, DeSantis is, is playing it that way. Trump's the one that, you know, is, is making it nasty. Um, and I wish he wouldn't. I just I just wish he wouldn't. And, and I'm like you. I'm going to support whichever one in, ends up getting the nomination. Great call, uh, Chris. Thanks for calling in from, from Tennessee. Let's jump over to uh, Mississippi. Chad in Mississippi. Chad, go for it, man. Uh, let's see. Got to hit the button. I'm going to get better at this, folks. I'm going to get better at this and hitting the buttons a lot faster. Okay. Go ahead, Chad. Thank you, sir. Uh, yes, sir. I, would, I would love to come to your, your college over there and, and do the uh, Constitution uh, college with you. Well, love to have you, man. Come on. We're going to start doing, by the way, our weekly constitutional defense courses are going to start in uh, in April. April 23rd will be our first course on our campus in Fredericksburg, and you can come do handgun training during the day and constitution training at night. But that's not why you called. Go ahead, brother. Uh, I, I think I'm going to nominate Chris that just talked before me as my new spokes guy. Everything he said, uh, <laughs> I agree with. Yeah. Question I have for you. Have you heard anything about Trump and Kerry Lake having a event at Mar-a-Lago where they hosted a gay and lesbian event? That would be I, the only thing that would keep me from voting if that were true. For yeah, I did hear. I did hear about that. And you know what? In fact, I think if I remember right, uh, somebody brought it up and I said, I'll go do some homework on it. I haven't done that. So I apologize for that. Um, but yes, I did. I did hear that. I don't know if they were even there. I don't know. So, so yeah, I, I need to find out uh, the details on that. You know, I do think that's an issue that, um, you know, I don't know that either of them have ever really been with us and, 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 and on that issue from the standpoint of, um, you know, defeating that agenda. Um, whereas they've been, you know, the quote unquote tolerant uh, crowd in the Republican Party and allowed that to to to, you know, creep in and, and, and become as dangerous as it has to the culture. I don't know if that's changed for them. So I, I'm curious now I've got to go do some homework on that because I'm curious what this event was that that people have talked about and whether or not they actually were participating in. Because I do remember with Carrie Lake, there was also the issue of of she had um, had some some drag queen entertainers at a birthday party or something you know years ago um and so i, I don't know what the details of, of of that was i know she responded to it and said that was nothing uh like what we're dealing with right now where they're bringing children in and it's becoming you know uh it was more of an entertainment kind of thing. anyway so i i don't i don't know i i but it gives every indication to me is that with both of them actually that they kind of come out of the high society crowd and the and the and the and that group that that has typically not been strong on fighting the homosexual agenda uh but at the end of the day Donald Trump delivered on the policies and prevented just like we were talking about earlier the transgender thing in the military and I think Carrie Lake would be the exact same way uh but you know good one good one chat for us to do more homework on I will I will look into that and I apologize for not having done it so far 
Uh, let's head over to Texas. First call from Texas today. Usually Texas dominates our phone calls, but uh, here's our first one from Texas. This is Rick in Texas. Not me. I am Rick in Texas, but we're taking another Rick in Texas uh, and other Rick in Texas. What part of Texas are you calling from, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm from up around Sherman, about about a, an hour north of Dallas. All right, not far from uh, not far from Denison, right? That's um, is oh, I, Eisen, wasn't Eisenhower from? Was he from Sherman or Denison? Somewhere up there. Denison. Denison. De- he was born born in Denison. There. Denison. There we go. There we go. Go well. Go ahead, brother. I didn't mean to yeah. distract from your no. call. No, the reason I called is I, I I get you know I get kind of kind of tired of. Of, of the fickle nature of American the American public, you know, uh, uh, about Trump. You know, um, I, I remember they, I remember a dollar and a quarter for a loaf of bread under Trump. I remember a dollar and a quarter for a gallon of milk under two dollars a gallon for gas. Now, we may not ever get there again, but I think we have a better chance of getting back to a dollar and a quarter a loaf of bread with Donald Trump than we do DeSantis. I've got no problems with DeSantis, but he's a state politician. And the U.S. presidency requires more than being a politician. We can, we can go from a dollar and a quarter loaf of bread to making huge trade deals with China and Russia and Europe and the rest of the, and the, rest of the world. So I'm, I'm worried less about Donald Trump's personality quirks than I am a gallon of milk. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I mean, I appreciate the way you're saying that, and and it's not it's not the personality quirks. I think so much from the standpoint of I I, I think that 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 cost benefit you just described. Uh, most of us come to the same conclusion. It's like the the much more important issues are the ones to worry about. We need a major on the majors, not my, on the minors. Um, it's 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 just do, do I think what people are saying is. We do get all of that with DeSantis without the negatives, and and I think there's some truth to that, but some of it's unproven truth, right? And that's what you're raising, Rick, is that, listen, we know how good Trump is on the economic issues. Um, we doubt, we now know how good DeSantis is on the on dealing with the, the wokeism and the Marxism and all of those things. We don't know on the economic stuff because we haven't seen him on those issues. We haven't seen him in, in a presidential position of having to deal with foreign entities and all the other things that, that that come with the economic policies because of the international issues. So it is true that we would be gambling a little bit on that. Uh, and I'm trying to think of some of those issues on the state level that would give us an indication of what he would do on the international level. Um, so I don't think it's that he's he, he certainly hasn't you know uh, gone the socialist route or he hasn't gone the big government spender route or whatever um but you're right you're right i mean th- there's no doubt if you're gonna if you're if you're doing columns of where is desantis better than trump and where is trump better than desantis you have to give trump the economy because of the incredible job that he did and, and i agree with your conclusion as well from the standpoint of he would i believe be able to get us back to um you know a, a good economy and back to a roaring economy and and could put, potentially do it in four years he could potentially turn around the damage that was done. However, and, and, and this is not necessarily to counter what you're saying, but just to throw back into the equation, the, the initial COVID overreaction and the the trillions of dollars in money thrown onto the marketplace um, and paying people to stay home and all that kind of stuff, that happened under Trump. So it was Donald Trump that initially did the the overreaction to COVID. It was Donald Trump that, that initially put Anthony Fauci and 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 Dr. Burks out front, uh, and 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 you know it was on his watch 
that we ended up in the mess that we did. I don't know that there's much he could have done to stop it. It was a train that the left just frankly outmaneuvered us on, and they put him in a no-win situation. So I'm, I'm not... I'm not dissing on him here by saying that. I'm not tearing him down by saying that. I'm just saying that's part of the equation. And so, as I said last week, both of them got it wrong in the beginning. Ron DeSantis was terrible on COVID in the beginning for a couple of months. He was with everybody else on on the overreaction. Uh, but he changed his tune. And Trump changed his tune afterwards, right? And, and, he, and he was trying to get everything open. So that one, as I said before on the program, is kind of a wash on them but it but but to your point rick i think when we are measuring them on the economy we have to remember that he didn't do such a great job on the decision to spend that outrageous amount of money and the and one of the things again i'm just i'm just talking out i'm just thinking out loud with you folks as we process this question of who should be the nominee for the republican party but but one of the things that really bothered me in that whole overreaction was that when thomas massey one of the lone sane voices out there showed up and and wanted to make everybody actually take a vote on these trillions of dollars that were going to be used um, with the COVID relief funds and everything and the and the really takeover of, of the economy, um, you know, Trump really uh, slammed him for that and, and said some things that, that I think were out of line whenever he was actually doing the constitutional thing. Thomas Massey was doing the constitutional thing. He was defending the constitutional process of the House members having to actually vote on something this massive, this gargantuan, and uh, and should have been held up as a hero, and instead he was disparaged by everybody, including including Trump. So I don't mean to end the program on, you know, um, negatives about Donald Trump because again I still think he's going to be the nominee I still think he's going to have a phenomenal second term I think it is going to bring us back to some economic sanity I just believe in eyes wide open right? I'm always going to give you the good, the bad, and the ugly I'm always going to give you the truth and encourage you to think through those things and have a good you know, um, conclusion at the end of that thought process. So we're going to be open and honest here on the program. We're always going to talk about and talk through these things, whether it's a policy in the in the in the jabs, whether it's an educational issue, whether it's how to apply the Bible to these things. When we talk about these core issues, it's going to be an open conversation. And and I love getting your phone calls and talking through it with you. Um, but you can count on me telling you the truth and exactly what I think when we when we go through these things. So we're going to see. It's going to be an interesting race. All right, folks, out of time for today. Thanks so much for listening to At the Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. We'll see you on Thursday. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.